0: Welcome to the Writer Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Court Dunn. Join us as we talk to writers about their work, their process, and what it means to be a writer. Welcome to the Writer Experience. Uh, Today on the show, we've got Michael Kogi, screenwriter, author, provocateur, Jedi Challenges game writer, The Last Jedi, TFA, Batman, Fantastic Beasts, Empire of the Wolf books. Um, Michael, welcome.
1: Thank you so much for having me on.
0: You're in L.A. now, right?
1: I am in Los Angeles.
0: In right. Los Angeles. Um, whereabouts, specifically are you based out there?
1: Uh, well, we, I used to be on the west side of L.A., which is near Santa Monica, but then we moved near uh, the Pasadena area.
0: Cool. And so, have, have you always been based on the west coast? or?
1: Well, I grew up in upstate New York, actually, uh, in uh, Binghamton, New York. And I, you know, I wanted to be in uh, film and television. And so I, I moved out here for grad school. And I've been here, you know, basically ever since.
0: And did you study writing? How did you get into into writing? I
1: did. I, oh. I studied uh, creative writing and screenwriting. I got an MFA in that. And uh, for a long time while I was, you know, breaking in, I was also a teacher uh, in the LA Unified Public School District. So I taught history and English and even science.
0: So we always like to ask, uh, what was your big break? For you, was there a break or were there specific other events that um, got you to this point?
1: Yeah, you know, it's, it's not so much a big break uh, as it is doing the hard work uh, of, of making contact of writing 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 of being in the right place at the right time um and and you get you get those opportunities by doing the stuff before you know it's not like you're just you're just handed the golden ticket at least for me you know maybe some people are uh so it you know it's been a a long process of 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 just you know keeping at it writing um making contacts talking to editors uh, and then you know once you're once you start writing and you start doing some projects your name you know gets out there i don 't know if you're talking to Alan Dean Foster, but he 's the master of movie novelizations in addition to an you know, incredible body of, of work of, of his own, and you know people know he 'll do a great job on a on a film novelization, so he you know he just keeps getting hired. I, I did both the uh, some of the Star Wars novelizations uh, based on the Rebels TV show, animated show, and then also The, the Force Awakens and The uh, Last Jedi. I've, I've done uh, books for um, Harry Potter, the JK, J.K. Rowling's Wizarding World of uh, film books. Uh, and I, so I did Fantastic Beasts uh, and a lot of Harry Potter stuff. And then I've also done Batman versus Superman. For for Warner Brothers and Scholastic, uh, the prequel novel to that film, which was which was a lot of fun because it's it's an original story, and then finally, uh, you know, one of my own projects. I have a, I have a ton of them, but my big original work is Empire of the Wolf, which is a graphic mm-hmm. novel uh, about ancient were- werewolves and uh, werewolves in ancient Rome, I should say, and it's kind of an uh, an epic sword and sandal, sword and sorcery kind of adventure story in uh, the ancient roman empire with uh werewolves i take the story of romulus and remus i kind of uh reinvent it uh, into a werewolf story
0: and that's a very large body of work how do you i imagine each takes a lot of time how do you find the time oh
1: gosh it it sure does and uh it it always takes a lot longer than you expect right so uh, deadlines of course help okay (laughs) Right. Uh, because then you can't you can't change it anymore. I'm, I'm a perfectionist. I really like I really, I really work on my prose. and I wanted to sing. I, I know. I mean, I, I know you could probably hack out these things uh, very quickly and not care. But, you know, I, with my own work and with my licensed work, I, I put all the time I can into making the sentences as, you know, as best as I can, making sure the information, the story. Is as good as it is. Uh, I don't leave a spare moment. So <laughs> when I have a lot of time or I have a little time, it's, it's always uh, that, that kind of, it's all, you know, it's always a bit of a struggle. It's a good struggle.
0: How do you make time for your own life?
1: It's a very good, it's a very good question. Uh, you should ask my wife that. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, it's, you have to set boundaries for yourself. Uh, like most writers, we, we're always thinking. And we're always dreaming up the new story, new story, or how how are we going to get involved in this project? I mean, I have this. I saw the seagull last night. I don't know if you guys know that that play by Chekhov, but I, I saw the the new film that came out, and it's about one of the characters is this famous Russian writer, and he's talking about writing. And one of the other characters asks him, what is it like? What is it like this the moment of inspiration? You must have been a creative explosion. It must be so amazing." And he said. Well, you know, it's really kind of, it's almost like sometimes like a curse, it's an obsession, because you just keep thinking about what you're going to write next, or what you're working on now, and you wake up in the morning, you think, I gotta write, and then you're at lunch, and you're like, I gotta write. And if you don't make your quota for the day, you you feel this kind of weird guilt uh, associated with it, and sometimes you have great days, and sometimes you have days where you just don't produce very much. But it's, it's always there in the corner. There's this kind of weird obsessive guilt, I think, associated with writing. And it was nice to see that reflected in, in the movie of The Seagull last night. Because, you know, I, I definitely feel that. Um, with, you know, the personal life, uh, there's nothing better than completing a project and, and having a little bit of time to just relax and maybe read a book or watch a television show or, or you know, go to the movies. But I, I, I also think when you're in the middle of a project, you need to set off time for yourself, or to, to look at other works of art, You know, whether it be movies or, or reading books. I, I try to read a book that is unrelated to what I'm writing at the time, because I actually don't want to read what I'm writing. I want to read something completely different. I, you know, I want to get out of that world, whether it be sci-fi or fantasy. I read a lot of literary fiction. I read a lot of uh, science fiction too, uh, just to keep, keep current. I a lot of non-fiction also. But I, I try to balance my, myself and my brain because I think that's where you're going to get your inspiration.
0: Yeah, you mentioned productivity. You're obviously a doer. Um, there's a lot of people who want to be writers, and it's tough for them to either put the pen to the paper or to prioritize it every day. How did you build a habit of writing every day?
1: So um, I, just, I just really want it. You know. I really, really want it, and I want to do a good job at it and um i i'll uh, when i was a teacher a full time teacher i would wake up you know 6 in the morning i'd get my myself in the computer and i'd try to hack out maybe 20 30 minutes if like okay then i go to school and i teach for the day and sometimes i'd have a little bit of time in school to, to write i had i found it difficult uh, to do that but i could once in a while i would escape into my car actually find a little space there to to bang something out uh, and then I'd come home, I'd uh, take a nap because I'd be exhausted. I'd get back on the computer for a bit, uh, work for the next three hours, maybe until eight, nine o'clock. Then I'd go to the gym for an hour and then I'd come back and I'd cook dinner at 10, 10.30 and I'd turn on the news a little bit and then I'd go to bed. So I would do that day in and day out and day in and day out. And it was, it was absolutely thrilling. And, and still, let me tell you, you, you'd think you'd be able to, if you're doing that, you'd think you'd still be able to produce a ton of work. But I always felt like I needed to produce more, you know, wow. I, I needed to, to produce more. Because there are some writers that are, are, have, have great, great, great speed. and They must have incredible focus, or they must not have that internal kind of editor inside them where they have to kind of rewrite what they wrote before.
0: Who are your inspirations? You mentioned Alan Dean Foster, who we had on the show. Do you have, was he an inspiration to your work, whether Star Wars otherwise? Well, or
1: he, you know, I met him uh, while I was doing Star Wars, uh, but I always knew of his work because I had read his novelization as a, as a kid, the Star Wars novelization, The New Hope. And when I got the uh, job to write this book called Star Wars Rebels, Spark of Rebellion, I went back to his novelization to just to see what he was doing. And I was kind of amazed at how, pithy his languages is and how smart he is, and how he didn't know he obviously didn't know what was going to happen later, but he had just such a great a, a great way with words and a great way of 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 writing when he couldn't see uh, what the sets would look like, what the models would look like he still was able to describe things and I, and often with when you're doing a, a film book you don't have you actually don't have the the references so you have to make sure that you you capture exactly what's in the film, but you're not able to see it, right? So it, it's it's a challenge, and it, it's a lot of fun. And you have to use your imagination and rely on your imagination and rely on the feeling. And I find that often when I when I've done that, I've gotten a lot out of, I've got a lot of mileage out of that. I've also also been pretty pretty correct. I remember watching The Force Awakens after having done the junior novel a couple months. Before and I hadn't seen much of the film. I had seen a couple of images, but I hadn't seen the set. And, and screenplays only have a minimal amount of description. Uh, so I was like, "What about this set? What is it like?" And I, I described it. and When I saw it on the screen, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I got it! I got it right." Got it right.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it kind so of a cool. risk, right? You know, I, You're taking yeah, a risk. Just, on, yeah.
1: So that, that yeah, that's a little bit of the uh, of kind of the insight into into what I do. But in, in terms of inspirations, I guess uh i i like you know i like the great works i like uh my favorite contemporary writers are probably carmen mccarthy and tony morrison i like uh, you know i love charles dickens great expectations is such a great book uh i like uh this there's there's this icelandic novelist his name is Haldor laxness i don't know if you guys know him you should definitely check him out his his, his stuff is amazing and i film wise you know i studied films in school you know the, the great films are they never they never leave you vertigo billy wilder's double indemnity and of course george lucas's films uh, the uh pat garrett and billy the kid Samuel, sam Peck and Paul, the french connection there's a ton of foreign movies i could probably <laughs> name too but uh yeah yeah those i mean those are kind of my touchstones
0: even lucas was inspired by foreign films as well um, oh, but yeah, yeah, for sure, absolutely and are you actively screenwriting as well, or
1: so I'm actually a a screenwriter here in l a like okay. a lot of like a lot of people, and I've had script options, by, you know pretty major actor and i've I've worked with some companies on on t v pilots cool yeah, so that's that's my other you know, I'm working on a screenplay right now before you called, I'm kind of finishing one up
0: nice, and can you uh, tell us about yeah, it or but,
1: you know, I would love to. I, <laughs> I can't. I like like a lot of people, I can't. You know, right. it's terrible. But it it, it should be it should be pretty pretty good. You know, you know, you never know. It, I, so I was just at a Star Wars Reads Day at Rancho People Mongo for the Rancho People Mungo Library this weekend, and they had the creator of Robot Chicken, one of the creators of Robot Chicken, Kevin Shinnick. He wrote this book called Chewbacca on the and the Forgs. They also had Gary Witta, who is the screenwriter of Rogue One. And he said, "You know, being a screenwriter in Hollywood and getting a screenplay made is like winning the lottery. You know, I think it's easier to become elected to Congress than it is right. um, to to, to, you know, <laughs> to get a film made. But if the passion's there, I think, and you have the persistence, I don't think you give up. You know, I think it's I think it's one of those things." I don't know if you've talked a lot about agents or, or managers. No, actually we haven't. And that,
0: yeah, yeah I would, um, I would love I to. I mean, that's, more. That's,
1: that's a whole new topic. <laughs> conversation. Yeah. But I, a lot of writers, I, I just got this question asked, asked me the other day, how do I get my material out? Right. Well, first of all, you have to write it and then you need, you need an agent or a manager, but you don't need an agent or a manager to write it. You just need to write it. Right. And then you're going need to keep writing. You need to submit your material and you have to keep going and you don't need you don't need an agent or manager to to find a publisher to find anybody but you just got to keep writing but it's good to have one of them because you have a kind of an official voice on your side you know what i mean you have a mm-hmm. i always like to say you have a po box uh, that you can go to and they yeah. will help sell your material and get you out too
0: it's so interesting to hear it from uh, a screenwriter's perspective, who has six to your success, successfully um, optioned a, a screenplay. R- writers, like you said, who are su- doing it successfully, it's always fascinating to kind of hear your perspective. um What about your first novel? What was that experience like?
1: I, well, I you know, I've written my own novels, but they, they, luckily they're they're, they're still in a drawer somewhere. Uh, I, 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 with Lucasfilm, it. It, you know I had a relationship with them I've been writing for them for a long time and I just said hey if if you guys want somebody to to work on uh, one of these you know an upcoming book I'm you know I'm all available actually they did at that moment uh, so uh, i got i got into writing these these uh short rebel books for them which were animated adaptations for kids of, of the TV show and that was a lot of fun. And then they asked me to do one of the junior novels. And then um, from there, they really liked it. Uh, then they, they asked me to do the, the Force Awakens, which was pretty amazing, you know. And, and at the same time I was writing The Force Awakens, I was offered to write the Batman versus prequel, uh, Superman prequel book, too. And so it just all kind of collided together. And I, and I, had, I had about three and a half weeks to write The Force Awakens. Uh, junior novel, which was not a lot of time. And then I had to jump right into the world of Batman, literally the day I turned The Force Awakens, because that book had a deadline. So there was a period of about six, seven weeks where I was just chained to the keyboard, just doing that and nothing else. And to to go from Star Wars to Batman was was really kind of a, a shift of gears.
0: And were you a Star Wars or Batman fan prior to writing for Star Wars and Batman? I assume so. Or... Oh, absolutely. Okay.
1: Absolutely. I, I was one of those kids who, when Star Wars wasn't popular and Star Wars wasn't talked about, I was reading the books. I was looking for the, the books that were published in the uh, early 80s. You know, I was borrowing them from the library. I was a big, big Star Wars fan when it was not popular, even though, even before Timothy's on. You know, I was one of the little kids holding up the flag. I loved it so much.
0: And there was a long time so when, there, when there was yeah, no Star yeah. Wars. It, a, long, a long
1: time ago. A long, long time ago. <laughs> uh, and so it's such a, you know, I always think that if you ask my eight-year-old self, right, hey, you know, I'll be in so many years, you know, decades later, I'll be writing, somehow I'll be working on the sequel trilogy. That eight-year-old would probably be like, yeah, okay, I got it. Because that's how much I love Star Wars. Uh, that's how much it, it meant to me. Uh, I would. He would understand the path I would take to get there.
0: That's literally a dream come true. Um, would you? Yeah, I mean, it's kind yeah. of it's, it is. <laughs> yeah. It's weird to say. Would you? Are there things now that you've learned that you would give yourself advice back then?
1: Uh, I would. I would suggest to keep writing. And to work a little, probably to to, um, not be as much a perfectionist over over their word, over my words, and also, you know, continue to produce more material. And then we we live in a world where, as a writer, you look—you got to keep a day job. Look, writing fiction is not going to make you a lot of money. That's the truth these days, unless you're a big-time author, because uh, the reading reading audiences are, are shrinking. So. We're, we're lucky to have books sometimes, I think, and even in screenwriting these days—it's—it's it's kind of a, a blue-collar existence. You're not—you're not seeing the pay. You know, we always hear about people making hundreds, of thousands of dollars on a, on a screenplay, but that—that's usually not the case. There are maybe about ten or twelve writers who, who do that. It's—it's it's a middle-class existence. So you have to understand that when you come in, you have to love it enough. That you can have a job on the side while you're doing it, and you have to put a lot of work into it. Uh, I would tell I would tell myself, "This is what it is going to cost you, or this is what it's going to take. Or are you still going to accept this challenge?" And I look, I would, I, I know my younger self would have said, "Yeah, I would. You know, I I wouldn't give it up for anything." And that's true. I've always known I wanted to be a writer and, and a filmmaker, and, and that's what I'm doing. Uh, I I never had a... uh, I was not one of those people who had to seek or figure out a job. I always knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to be involved in the creation of something.
0: You mentioned making contacts earlier in the the episode. Describe the art of making a a contact for somebody who's new to networking, or is Mm -hmm. that you go out, you write, and then you look for someone who could read it, or... What does it look like when you're just first yeah, yeah,
1: you know, it's actually not that. That's the funny thing. It's not, will you read this? Handing stuff off. Because generally, you're not going to get anybody to read your material if you ask them to read it. Here, I think this is the... You have to have them ask you to read it, okay? And what I mean by that is you try to be charming i mean we're like we're writers are introverts we're we're, we're not the most right. personal people we we generally will just we like to talk probably but uh it, it's very hard going up to people and, and just saying hi and, and doing that and i i don't know i don't know if i'm very good at it <laughs> uh but you you have to put yourself out there a little bit sometimes you have to know that some people are not are going to not not be interested in you and that that's fine but once in a while you'll meet somebody who shares the same interests and uh they will you'll have a relationship and from that relationship you will build build something great um i can i'll tell a story about my uh, comic book artist dan parsons okay uh, so we both worked in star wars and we met at the San Diego Comic Con, and I was walking by his table and I saw he had done some Star Wars stuff. And I struck up a conversation with him, but not because of Star Wars, because of another drawing he had of a big, like, totem face. And there's this 1974 movie called Zardoz. I don't know if you guys have heard of it, directed by John Borman. It is a really weird movie. It's science fiction, it's super weird. I don't think it's that appropriate. <laughs> you know, it's it's very bizarre but he had drawn this and i said oh my gosh that's zardoz and he looked up at me and his eyes like open and he said you know you know this this image and then we started talking about zardoz and then i we started talking about star wars and we started talking about comics we both love the same era of comics which is like the 1970s marvel era of comics just like horror comics we both like and so after a while You know, we were trading emails. I'm like, hey, you know, I have this idea that I want to turn into a graphic novel. Are you interested in working on it? And he said, yeah, dude, I love ancient Rome. I love werewolves. Let's do this. (laughs) Uh, And so that became Empire of the Wolf, and it was, yeah, I mean, that's that's, I guess, how you do it. And then you, when you have a finished product, we had Empire of the Wolf. We we sent it to an independent comic book publisher, Alterna, and they accepted it. And you know, that's. If you want to get a comic book made, that's That's kind of the, the way you do it. I, and don't expect people to come up to you and just offer you jobs, right? Right. For, uh, for anything like, oh, I want to write Superman. Uh, well, good, good, good luck. You know, so does everybody else. You just have to do your own work and hope they contact you. That's what it requires. And, you know, a screenplay is only 20,000 words. Sometimes a screenplay is harder to write than a, than a novel, I think.
0: You mentioned Comic-Cons uh, or conventions. Walk us through what it's like as a writer going to a convention that you've either been invited to or...
1: Yeah, I'm invited to some comics, Comic-Cons. I go as a fan to others. I generally don't actually enjoy uh convention going as uh, as much as I did as a fan because nowadays it seems it's just very busy now. It's not like it was maybe 10 years ago, and it's very media-driven. Um, I like to, you know, when I go to a convention, I like to kind of find uh, the stuff I didn't know rather than just seeing, you know, trailers for the latest movies.
0: Right. Or, it's about the discovery. Or,
1: yeah, it's about the discovery of, of like, oh, wow, this look at this comic book or look at this old novel. You know, look at this cover. What, where did this come from? You know, you can still, when you go to, like, paperback conventions and, you know, some science fiction conventions, you can you can still unearth uh, old goods. But the bigger conventions today, today they're just kind of media extravaganzas. And they're, either, I don't know, they're a little exhausting. The best part about them is just sitting with people, getting meals, talking, talking about what you love, hearing from fans what they think about certain aspects of Star Wars, and just engaging in dialogue and, and being friendly. and. And that's what's Star Wars Celebration is such a great convention because it's it's kind of family oriented and and people are are not as um, I don't know there's this anger out there nowadays uh, towards just about every property that um, you, know, you kind of want to stay away from and and Star Wars Celebration doesn't seem to have that it's more about people celebrating Star Wars and their love of Star Wars and, and just just talking about it you know, that's what's what's so much fun.
0: And are you contacted by a lot of, of the Star Wars fans? Do they reach out to you, I assume, on Twitter, direct yeah, messages? Yeah, I
1: get, I get a fairly decent amount of people reaching out. But, you know, I mean, You know, what I like to say is what's in my books, I guess. Uh, I don't really, <laughs> Is You know, it's not like I can have the secrets to, to what's going to happen next. I have my own, uh, you know, views, and I, I try to express those within the work I get. Uh,
0: right. So what's the most I, common. I uh, question or or advice that people ask you?
1: Yeah, I, like how do I write for Star Wars?
0: <laughs> just like that?
1: Yeah, just like that. I said, <laughs> will spend twenty years working for it, and then uh, then you'll you'll get there. We'll do it. Uh,
0: it's true. <laughs> Solid <laughs> advice.
1: Yeah, that's that's yeah. It's ten twenty years wow. of, of work, and it, I mean, I'm talking about like my first publication was when I was in high school in a. Uh, a Star Wars adventure journal. I was 17 years old and I wrote to West End Games and I wrote a uh, short story and I wrote a, a source file about the, it was called The Business of Bakta, and it was the history of Bakta, and that's a fluid that loop floats. And they they said, oh, this is an interesting short story, but no, I, we don't really want that, but we really like the source article that you wrote because you develop it more and I did send it in. And it got published in my first, you know, paid publication. Uh, And uh, from there, you know, I I just I just kept going at it. So it's the trajectory you can see is from that point to today. And it's it's many years. And there are a lot of Star Wars authors that that have that same kind of trajectory. They're, They're people that have been writing for the universe for a long time that have slowly, you know, kind of gathered a reputation.
0: You've obviously worked in the Star Wars universe. What's a universe you haven't written for that you'd like to? Uh, have you thought about Star Trek? Are you a Star Trek fan?
1: I am a Star Trek. You know, I like Star Trek. I'm not a Star Trek fan in the sense i uh, a Star Wars fan. But, you know, I have an idea for a Star Trek thing. Um, maybe, maybe one day it'll, yeah, it's about me having the time. I can't wait to, I actually can't wait to write it. But uh, it's, yeah, I'd like, you know, I, I, like, I like all the major properties. I like Doctor Who. Uh, cool uh, I like but I, I'm actually not seeking out as much now as I'm just trying to actually do my own work too I mean I want to I want to develop my own uh, do more of uh, my own universes and my own stories and I need to you know kind of carve out carve out the time for that uh, I, and I, I really think it's I think it's important for readers to uh, if they like a book to Maybe if it's within a media universe to, to really branch out and, and try books from that author or similar authors that are 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 not based on a, a trademarked
0: you know, exactly
1: uh, shared universe. It's uh, there's a there's a joy to that. There's you know, it's it's wonderful. But I think if you really want to kind of explore what the imagination, reader, reading and the film watching has to offer, to branch out and not be afraid. Of reading something new, you know, uh, I, I think that's I think that's really important, and and it'll if you want to be a writer, that's what you have to do too. You can't just read. If you want to write Star Wars, you have to write something else. So,
0: as far as your original works, Empire of the Wolf, would you say that that is your "quote unquote" Star Wars of your, or is there another that is still yet to be written that? It's in the back of your mind somewhere that
1: oh there's 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 plenty of there's 20 of them out there <laughs> 30 of them it, it, it's just about time you know these projects take a long time to, to to do uh i'm working on another comic book right now with dan parsons hopefully it'll be done we've been spending it been a couple of years uh because we have to we have to kind of fit this within our other projects so right. uh, it's it's almost there we're in it was supposed to be four issues. It's five issues It's the Sherlock Holmes kind of take on Sherlock Holmes. It's it's going to be fantastic. It uh, The way he's painted his pages, um, it's their watercolor, basically. He'll, he'll draw them, and then he'll, he'll put a wash over them of, of black, and he'll paint them black and white watercolor, and then he'll color them in the computer. But they are they're, they're just gorgeous. It's just gorgeous art. I cannot wait to that to come out that's been a labor of love uh so yeah i mean that's that's a big project maybe maybe next year uh it'll 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 be published or maybe the end of this year
0: who knows awesome that's super refreshing just because these days obviously these big franchises is what basically what everyone's talking about i get that people love the old franchises and, and i too obviously but there's definitely a market out there for a great new sci-fi like for me when i'm looking through netflix or, or wherever i'm like there's like a hunger for some new world you know what i mean do you think that yeah, is that yeah. you yeah, know I mean, what i mean
1: new worlds new worlds new new approaches i i mean even something like blade runner 2049 was just like oh, a breath sure. of fresh air you know i thought it was just like oh wow this is another take on the world this is what could happen in 2049 i was, it was a little depressing but it was, <laughs> it, was it was great um and you have a whole history of science fiction, too, mm-hmm. if you want to go back. I'm reading this book right now called The Broken Sword by Paul Anderson. I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but you should definitely read it. It's, uh, it was published the same year as The Fellowship of the Ring. And it's just a really lyrical, wonderful fantasy. Uh, and I'm I'm so amazed by it that I I, I recommend it. it it's, it's up there with, with the greatest fantasies of all time. And I'm only a quarter of the way through it.
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting to look back for inspiration. For instance, um, Westworld takes inspiration from like a 70s movie, right? I don't know if you're a right, fan yeah. at all. So right, yeah. Interesting yeah, I I not a
1: 70s movie with the old Bronner, but yeah. I've seen, I saw, saw season one of, yeah. of the show.
0: Um, let's talk about your process. There's so many different ways you can approach writing. We'd be curious. You get commissioned or have to start working or want to start working on a new story where do you even start do you work on an outline and work in reverse Do you use note cards what's your approach
1: so it just depends on the project uh oftentimes you'll have a commission and you'll have a very a lot, a lot of these books have very 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 tight deadlines very tight deadlines Okay. so you you have to stop working on what you're working on and get right into it it's the only way to finish stuff uh, because of the, of the nature of of licensed, uh, licensed work. I don't know why it's the case, but they're, they're they can be a little bit stressful. Um, but I work on outlines. I like to outline. I I do the project I'm working on right now involves a ton of research. So I have a WordPerfect document that I I actually made a timeline on the side where I can hit different events on the timeline Interesting. Uh, and then the notes come up it's just one way of organizing there's over 100 105 pages of notes of uh, i mean it's just there's just a massive amount of information that i needed to somehow kind of encapsulate and, and, and control uh, so that's what i do i do a lot of I do a lot of research, and I don't know why I'm a research person, but I guess when I take a project up, I want to learn everything I can about it, which is why I take something up, uh, to the point where I stop, and I don't care anymore. Wow. And, yeah. then, and then I just rely on my imagination. You know?
0: Right. You want to cover all the bases before you take liberties with that world.
1: Exactly. I think you need to know the truth before you can,
0: exactly. you can uh, tell lies.
1: You know what I mean? Because you wanna, eventually you want to get the truth out anyway, and you, you'll need to, to shape the truth to get it uh, within the structure of narrative.
0: So for Empire of the Wolf, did you? I'm assuming you spent a lot of time studying ancient Rome, but also you're probably studying werewolf history and mythos. and.
1: Yeah, so I did both. I studied both werewolves and ancient Rome, but I spent actually more time in ancient Rome. I was a, a classics minor in college. So I, I did. I, I had a lot of background, but I, I I read Suetonius, I read Tacitus. These are the great Roman historians. Uh, and I read uh, I read this book about life in ancient called Life in Ancient Rome it was wonderful. Just about living in ancient Rome, and the, you're, you know it was kind of a sociological um, investigation of ancient Rome. A really cool book. Uh, I got a lot of picture books. You know the DK books are fantastic for for historical research because you're like what 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 was the name of the uh the name of the spear again what are they what was that <laughs> in ancient Rome? and so you can type it in and you might be able to find it on google but these picture books are wonderful because they 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 tell you what they are and there's an arrow pointing to it you're like oh that's what it is um so the, those are great and you know it helps for like Sailing ships. What what are all the what's all the rigging called, or the the, the foremast, or the, the bow, or the stern, or uh, some of the more detailed, like right. intricate names for, for these things. Things you'd uh, never normally are, think
0: of, but the little details.
1: The, the little details, and those, those details are everything. They they, they, they they That's the vocabulary you want to know. You have to. You kind of have to learn that vocabulary. So those are really good books for research. Um, I do a lot of research. I love the blank page. I have no problem with, with generating, putting material on a page, uh, for the most part. Um, the, the challenge is always rewriting and cinching the knots and making right. the logic work. Um, and, you, and that's, I think in screenwriting, that's the biggest challenge of them all. Um, that's what separates a really good screenplay from A mediocre poor screenplay uh that the things it it just page after page flows you know it succeeds it just keeps moving forward Mm -hmm. okay and every every scene has a logic to it that moves to the logic of the next scene and you don't have to do this in a novel by the way novels don't work like this Uh, but screenplays the hollywood screenplay definitely does and that the great screen, but they're, they're so hard to write. The great ones are so hard to write because, uh, that, that kind of internal logic is, it, it, it almost depends on getting the right characters in the right places at the right time within the right uh, frame.
0: Right. Do you focus on storylines or characters or both? Um, I
1: focus on both. Yeah. I focus okay. on both. And, uh, I know people have intricate no card systems. I just basically put it all in a, in a word document and I do outlines and do extensive outlines too. And then I, I find like I, I generally want to explore beyond the outline and have my characters talk, uh, and have them do things. If you outline, I think, and you're rigorous in your outlining. Uh, I think that's great, but the characters need to move in the moment that you're writing. And they will generally start moving in a different direction after um, a little you, when you set up the story, everything's set up, but then they start you I, I've always discovered they start moving into a more interesting direction
0: What was the most surprising and, direction one of your characters moved?
1: Oh I I, I, I don't know I don't know um, because it's, they're, they're all little things mm-hmm. I think they're all little things, but those little things affect the next scene you're going to write, okay? Whether your character talks to his wife or whether he talks to his boss, right? And then it it affects the uh, the conflict of the scene and what they're talking about. And then it it, uh, kind of, it changes motivation a little bit and uh, it changes the character you're writing a little bit. Um, and it can it can of course change the plot too, but um, yeah, and I I mean that's just my experience. I know some writers are very attached to their outlines, and other writers don't outline at all. So I kind of are. I'm in the middle.
0: What about dialogue? How do you feel about dialogue? Do you like writing it? Some people I live for it.
1: I love writing dialogue, and I had a really good teacher in college who who basically it was one of the best courses I, I took. He taught you how to write
0: dialogue. What was the Um, key learning that you learned in that class? The key
1: learning thing is this. People, at least in this interview, you're asking me questions, and sometimes I'm answering the question, and sometimes I'm not answering the question. Okay, I'm talking about something else. And that's generally what we do in life. Um, So you have two characters talking, and most of the time they're talking about something that they want. And they're talking beyond the other person. They're they're not dumping information. Okay, they're not just answering questions. They're talking beyond the other person. Even in a, in a police interrogation, that uh, is a question and answer back and forth. But it's it's what the uh, the interrogator wants from the subject, and what the subject is hiding from the interrogator, or wow. how the subject could probably try to take the uh, conversation off on a tangent. So uh, if I ever have trouble writing dialogue, I just try to go back to this, to the, to this uh, technique of have your character, not answer the question of the other character or have them talk about something else at the same time.
0: Wow. What are, okay. So we've talked about novels and, and, and screenplays. We haven't talked quite about comic books could you explain or maybe highlight some of the pros and cons versus, or challenges versus all three of those uh, formats?
1: So the comic book is a, it's like making a movie uh, because you, as the writer and in, in independent comics, at least not, if you're working for DC or Marvel, uh, the, you're, the editor is, is overseeing everything and he's kind of putting, he's, he's the producer, but in independent comics, you're the producer as a writer and you're also the creator usually. and You have to go out, you have to hire artists, you have to have a budget, you have to keep on your artist's tail to make sure they're producing the work, you have to pay them. So you have to have, you got to save up money, okay? You have to have a cinematic eye. Um, You have to realize that the words on the page are not going to equal the art that's delivered to you. And how do you best uh, tell your story visually? In the least amount of panels, because you know there's a tendency to 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 write a a a page. A comic book page has a set of panels, right? And if you look at the like, let's say the classic Watchmen book, he has nine panels a page. So Alan Moore instructed Dave Gibbons to write to draw nine panels a page. That's a lot of panels. Uh, That's a ton of panels to to draw. In today's comics, um, five panels. Six panels is kind of the max, and you want you don't even want to do that right. too much because the images get they get too small. You got to put dialogue there. Uh, the artist only has so much time. You know these things are done on the budget, and every every drawing takes more time. So you have to think about it that way. How do you succinctly tell your story in uh, in the least amount of panels in the most gripping uh, forward moving kind of kind of way uh with also the least amount of dialogue too one of the reasons i love the 70s comics is that they're they're kind of they're a little bit wild because they they use dialogue and narration a lot more and some of the narration is just fantastic um and you look at some of their pages and their storytelling visual skills on the page it's just they're, they're just beautiful i look at every page not only as a uh, a set of panels and a mover in the story, but one page has to tell a story, its own little story, but it's also a work in art onto itself. So the way the panels are laid out, I want every page, if I put it on the wall, it could be a separate piece of art. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's, (laughs) that's the way I look at it. I mean, of course it doesn't, you could all do it without without thinking. But that that's what I thought about as I've written comics. Uh, that's that's been the process for me. And I, I didn't read that anywhere. That's just <laughs> what I what I've kind of learned about it.
0: Yeah, I've heard similar things. But like cinematographers, if you pause a film frame, every theoretically every frame should look like a painting or something to that I... effect.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, absolutely. Every every frame should should look should tell a story.
0: Definitely. Very early on in the show, you said you mentioned right place, right time. was there one right place, right time for you
1: yeah and, and not, not I, I can't really it's little little right places at little right times
0: it's it's it's, it's not, more uh, just based on work and time
1: yeah, it's just it's based on work and it's based on okay, you do this work, you're invited to this this event at this event, you meet this person because you had done this work, and that person comes back to you months later with a request. Okay, then you work on that project, and that gets you somewhere else. You meet somebody else, someone new, and then you start You start going on, on that journey. And not all these these things are. A lot of these things are dead ends. So as a writer, too, you, and you see this with a lot of writers, you can end up nowhere. You know, it's all it's over. You end up at a dead end, totally. Um, so your 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 job as a writer is to keep finding uh, the path to keep moving, uh, because uh, there there's so many people who want to do what you want to do, right? And Everybody's chomping at the bit to to get there and how much energy do you have to 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 keep going because it take it does take a lot of energy.
0: And what's your path for the future? I know you said you had tons of ideas, tons of projects you wanted to work on. What's yeah, the...
1: yeah, well well Empire of the Wolf is done is is a graphic okay. novel. People can they can find that on amazon.com or uh, their local comic book store or on um, it's on Comixology also. It's if you want to find out more about it, it's on net. Uh or you can go to my website, michaelkogge, that's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-K-O-G-G-E dot com. Uh, there are links there to, to get it. Um, I'm, you know, working on a bunch of scripts. I'm working about another comic book. I uh, just finished up a, a couple of books. One was was announced today. That's going to be out in October, which is, I did this book on the Millennium Falcon. Cool. A forty eight page book that comes with a a giant wooden model kit of the Millennium Falcon. Uh it's from Inside Editions. And uh the book is really cool because I I got to 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 give more information about the inside and the interior of the the Falcon and I don't know if you've seen the new solo movies. Well, Lando Calrissian has his own version of the Falcon. So I, 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 I was able to describe and kind of elaborate more on um, what his version of the falcon is like and that that was kind of fun too
0: do you ever you know you just talked about your future works and you know we had mentioned earlier you're working on a screenplay can't tell us about it do you ever just get so excited about something you're working on that like you're on the and i'm not telling you to tell me anything obviously but do you ever just get so excited where you're like i wish i could tell somebody about this
1: absolutely absolutely what i'm working on right now I, i love to tell the world well, yeah, but you never, but see, the thing is, as a writer, you're always a little bit worried about reception, and your excitement might not be what other people are thinking. So, always a little hesitant about that, uh, I guess.
0: Well, also, that might inform how you write it if you say, oh, you know, I've got this great idea. Because it's, unless it's in its final form, it's, you can't really, out of context, it's hard to explain it to people, yeah, right?
1: Right. And I think also the, the secret to, to making good work is when you get something, whether it be your own work, or I'll just take license work, for example, because everything I'm working that's my own work, I'm, I'm generally super excited about it, I'm, because it's something I really, it's internal, something I really, really want to do, and I really wanted to do well. It's a reflection of me. But I also say with, let's say, the Star Wars books, Writing the Force Awakens, which is an amazing opportunity. Uh, but... I didn't come up with the story for them. J.J. Abrams and Michael Arndt uh, and Lawrence Kasdan wrote the story for the Force Awakens. Uh, but I live. I have to kind of generate the characters myself, and I have to own the characters. So I have to love this as much as they do, and that will show in the work, you know. And I have to get myself to the point of I'm loving this, and you're going to love it too. I'm so excited to share it with everybody, and so I think that's one of one of the jobs that you have to do as a writer who who takes on licensed work. You you really have to love what you're doing uh, to to make it to make it
0: the best you can. And when let's say one of those books comes out, do you ever stop and take a moment and bask in, in the completion of it, or are you always on to the next work?
1: You, I'm usually on to the next thing <laughs> because basking.
0: Like <laughs> no time for like, basking. Like, like,
1: there's no. Well, no, no. There's no. There's. There's not enough money in basking. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's part of the problem. That's a great point. Not, yeah, you're not. You're not being paid to bask, and uh, you're being paid to to write more. So th- there are a lot of things that I wrote six months ago. I just. I don't really remember. You know, you don't. You don't remember what you wrote because wow. you're just on to something else. And so when you do come back and look at it, you're like, oh, wow, this is kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, wow, that's crazy. (laughs) Um, With that said, I feel like we just scratched the surface, but um, I think uh, we'll we'll wrap it up. Did you want to, I know you basically have plugged everything. Is there anything else you want to plug, your Twitter handle?
1: Uh, Yeah, sure, sure. I'll I'll go through my website again. It's michaelcoge.com, M-I-C-H-A-E-L uh koge k-o-g-g-e.com empire of the Wolf.net is where you can get a part of the wolf too and my twitter handle is at michael Kogi and be, feel free to follow me and uh of course you can uh, tweet me too and uh yeah that's that's basically the deal and i i, I hope we had a good conversation tonight. Mm-hmm. and i you know i hope i answered some questions on process
0: definitely yeah for sure very yeah. insightful and um when your projects that you can't talk about are finished you want to promote it come back on have you on the show again, Um, because like I said, it just sounded like we just scratched the surface. So thanks again, Michael. And thank you to those listening. Uh, We look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you so much for listening to The Writer Experience. If you enjoyed the episode today, please leave a rating, a review, and a comment on iTunes. You can also check us out on Instagram at Writer Experience and Twitter and Facebook at Writer EXP. The Writer Experience is a Samurai Dinosaur production, copyright 2018.